It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 18th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Orlando Magic's loss to the Utah Jazz and the clear thing the Orlando Magic are missing. Before we do any of that, though, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Utah Jazz's perspective on, on Tuesday's loss? Check out Locked On Jazz. If you want to look ahead to Wednesday's game against the Denver Nuggets, check out Locked On Nuggets. No matter which team you cheer for, which team you're interested in, in, uh, interested era in, or which team you actually hate, there's a Locked On podcast for you. 
Plus, we have our national podcast, Locked on NBA, Locked on Fantasy Basketball, projecting the screen and the Duncan and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA show. No matter what, again, no matter which team you want to follow in the NBA, NFL, MLB, or colleges too, and NHL as well, you can find it on a Locked On podcast. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Orlando Magic found themselves down by 18 points midway through the third quarter. The team was struggling to shoot the ball. They were struggling to get much of anything going. Rudy Gobert was a deterrent in the paint, and Orlando was settling for shots. Their defense was fine, but not great at all, and was beginning to let go of the rope. It was at a timeout around this point that Dante Marcatelli of Fox Sports Florida reported Steve Clifford telling his guys, stay with it. The shots aren't falling, but we can get them to fall if you stay with it. We'll have a chance to win this game. And slowly but surely, the Magic started climbing back into the game. DJ Augustine scored, I think it was 18 points, or 14 points in the fourth quarter. 14 of his 22 in the fourth quarter. Getting the Magic into the paint, starting to create that ball movement and, and, and motion that this Magic offense needs to succeed. They started hitting outside shots, and the defense tightened up, forcing Utah into difficult shots throughout the game, throughout the game, and securing the glass after giving up six offensive rebounds in the first half. Orlando seemed to have fixed all the problems of the first half. And by the seven, eight, seven, six, five minute mark of the fourth quarter, that 18-point lead was gone. And despite a struggle, struggling night, Nikola Vucevic hit a three-pointer to give the Magic the lead. And before you knew it, the Magic were up by seven with about five minutes to play. This was the kind of game and feeling this Magic team needed. As I think I've said on this podcast before, there, there, there's one thing that you can say about this team is that they fight. They may not have all the pieces they need. They may not have the great shooting that they need. But they do not give up. They do not give in. And despite every bit of struggle that they've had, they've had a chance to win most of the games that they've played in so far this year. They've been in the hunt. It's just a question of whether they could pull it out. And the final five minutes would be a test of that resolve, of whether the Magic could get that resume win that we've been seeking of, that character win that could really tip the team over and, and give them the confidence to really go on a run. I won't lie. At that point of the game, the Orlando Magic felt like they did when they beat the Boston Celtics and Houston Rockets in back-to-back home games in January last year. That they could conquer anything Yes, this Utah Jazz team probably isn't as good as those teams were, but that they could conquer any deficit, that they had this irrational belief in themselves and that everything was going to be okay. You know, maybe that's still in there. I'm, I'm, I'm still very bullish on this team. I think this Magic team is, is still very good. Or good, maybe not very good, but I still think this Magic team has that in them. But those last five minutes would be everything. And unfortunately, after the Magic took that seven-point lead, the Utah Jazz put their foot down with a 19-5 run. Starting with Donovan Mitchell coming through the lane, really unguarded for a one-handed jam over Nikola Vucic. The energy was suddenly back in vibrant smart home arena in Salt Lake City. 
All of a sudden, Donovan Mitchell had that look in his eye that he was going to win this game for the Jazz no matter what. And you could sense the magic maybe getting a little tight, afraid to attack Rudy Gobert again. Orlando got plenty of open looks down the stretch. This isn't a problem of poor execution. Orlando got good looks. Evan Forty missed two open, two open three-pointers with a chance to put the game away. Nikola Vucevic missed a three-pointer that would have tied the game late. But Utah made all the plays. All the fine-tuning, all the uh, great defense that the Magic played throughout that fourth quarter went out the window in the final five minutes. They got caught sinking into the paint as they've been wont to do this year. They got caught sinking into the paint, giving up wide-open threes to Bojan Bogdanovic twice. DJ Augustine committed one turnover, made one mistake in that critical fourth quarter. It was a behind-the-back pass that was supposed to go to Nikola Vucevic, but was nowhere near it. And Boyan Bogdanovic took it and finished a layup over Aaron Gordon that cut the lead down to one. In the final minute, it was Donovan Mitchell putting the game away. Two floaters over good defense, a shot that the Magic really don't have in their arsenal at this point. And Orlando, with losing the ability to make shots and missing open shots down the stretch... Lost the game. All that momentum, all that positive vibe, all that confidence, right out the window. A 109-102 defeat to the Utah Jazz on the road. A game the Magic fought so hard to get back into. A game that the Magic certainly feel like they let slip through their fingers. As the saying goes, this is a make-or-miss league. I have heard Stan Van Gundy say, I think Steve Clifford has said this on a few occasions, that if you can get open shots and you miss the open shot, you can live with the result to some degree. To some degree, you can live with the result. I would point to the team's poor defense. I think Clifford did as well after the game that it was the team's poor defense down the stretch that really cost them this game and not the missed shots. The Magic got the shots that they wanted and missed them. Why they missed them? Was it the altitude? Was it the fatigue of having to come back from 18 down in the second half? Who knows? But the Jazz made all the momentum-building plays, and the Magic had kind of lost the momentum a bit. Lost that confidence again. And it was another frustrating effort for the Magic. Another effort, you know, more than any other game this year, this was a game the Magic had in their grasps, and they let slip through. You don't get many of those on the road. You don't get many of those in that building. You're not going to get many of those against a team like this. Orlando did so much right. And I'm going to continue to say this. It is a good thing that this team fights. As long as this team fights, they have a chance. They've proven that time and time and time again. They They are not for lack of confidence in their belief that they can win games. Right now, it's just coming down to making or missing shots. Evan Fournier really said it best after the game. I missed my shots. Donovan made his. That's the difference in the game. I'm paraphrasing there. And good on Fournier for taking responsibility to some, you know, to some extent, for sure. I, 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 you can say a lot about Evan Fournier as a basketball player, but the guy owns up his mistakes. And I think people appreciate that. There were some interesting decisions made rotation-wise, and perhaps we should examine those a bit. 
Clifford decided not to ride Augustine all the way to the end. Despite Augustine being the, the driver and catalyst of the Magic's comeback, he opted to run that endgame offense through Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic. I'm not against that decision. Those are your two best offensive players. But they were both struggling throughout the game. And I think Augustine was creating a little bit better. In a, in a late-game situation, Clifford has often said he likes to put his best offensive players on the floor. He opted to take Jonathan Isaac out of the game when the defense was struggling. And Isaac was struggling to guard Bojan Bogdanovic, so that's that's maybe a defensible decision. But Isaac had three blocks, and his rim protection, even the threat of his rim protection, might have been useful toward the end of the game. It was an odd game. And you know certainly Clifford's rotation decisions and minute dis- distribution has come under some question. In this, in this part of the season. And I think there, that there, there's something fair there. The players don't seem to be playing their full minutes. And Clifford's been a little dogmatic about sticking to his preset rotations. Although I think he broke that a little bit this game. I think he did go for the win. But it all adds up to the same result. And while I think there are a lot of positives and a lot of things that you can grow on and build from on this game, you got to do it in a win. Up seven, on the road, last five minutes. You got to put up a little bit more resistance. You got to do it and get the win. And the Magic made too many mistakes down the, stre- down the stretch and allowed Donovan Mitchell's brilliance to lead the Jazz back. It was that brilliance, though, that only highlights what this Magic team is missing. Once again, the Orlando Magic fall to the Utah Jazz 109 to 102. They're back in action Wednesday in Denver against the Denver Nuggets. So, right back on the horse go the Orlando Magic. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amount of both sink and bounce. I assume those are things you can measure. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash LockedNBA or LockedNFL and using LockedNBA at checkout. Again, visit casper.com slash LockedNBA or LockedNFL and use the code LockedNBA at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. 
Let's run through the final box score for you. There is plenty to talk about when it comes to individual performances in this game. I do want to start with Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier finishes game shooting 8 for 17 from the floor, 19 points, but 0 for 8 from beyond the arc. There is, I, I mean, I, I know there's there's still a battle, it seems, with Magic fans regarding Evan Fournier, and, and yes, at some point we will discuss the interesting decision he's going to have contract-wise, especially if he continues playing at this high level, but Evan Fournier to me is not the guy to blame for this loss, and, and I know Evan Fournier, or completely at least for this loss. Um, I, I know there are people that, that say, oh, he had these open shots that he missed, and, and he did. He missed open shots and missed all eight of his three-pointers, but this is a guy who's shooting better than 40% from beyond the arc this year. He had one game where he missed eight. And they were good looks for the most part. Um, you know, this looks, especially at the end of the game, were good looks. Those are shots you want a 40% three-point shooter taking. And I don't mind them. I mean, I think the Magic should have played more through DJ Augustine rather than playing through Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic at the end of the game because what Augustine was doing was working. But if you're, if you're saying the Magic should give the ball to their best player at the end of the games, that guy is Evan Fournier. And, and pick and rolls with Vic, Nikola Vucevic, those are, those are plays involving the Magic's two best offensive players, and they can do a lot, and they have great chemistry in the pick and roll. So I don't mind the, what the Magic did and how the Magic played toward the end of the game. Maybe it was a little out of rhythm, but it was the, the numbers would say that was the right call. And Evan Fournier, you trust to make those shots. He missed them this game. Not the end of the world to me. I'd rather, I mean... I, obviously, results matter. He needed to make those shots. And, and again, I, I would argue that the Magic should have played better, especially in that third quarter when they kind of let the lead get out of hand. And they, they struggled at the end of the second quarter. They struggled at the end of quarters. They they were kind of all over the place except for that, that run that they made to come back in the game and really take the lead. Evan Fournier was as key to that, though, as anyone else on the team. I would argue he was as key to this team being in this game as DJ not maybe not as DJ Augustine, but he made some big shots throughout the game. And again, he still remains a constant drumbeat offensively. Eight of seventeen for a high volume shooter is not bad. And in fact, if he if he went over eight from three, that means he went eight for nine on two point shots. So he was able to attack the basket. He was cutting really really well. Just missed three pointers. And sometimes your best three point best best shooters are going to miss shots. And the Magic missed a ton of shots. Seven for thirty five from beyond the arc. Magic were not good on three pointers in this game. Not anywhere near good. Not near good enough. But they got good looks, and you want them to keep shooting at thirty five. You know, I would say the Magic's ideal three point field goal attempts is probably around thirty. So thirty five, I don't mind. Um, I thought the Magic, especially early in the game, settled too much for three point shots. We'll talk about that though, coming up in a bit. But I had no problem with Fournier's shot selection for the most part. I thought he was actually one of the better players on the team throughout the game offensively. Now, of course, we are judging this team on results, and Fournier missed some big shots, and, and the Magic have got to find a way to make those big shots. It's been kind of a story all year as the Magic have not been able to close out these games against quality opponents, and, and they haven't had a better chance to beat a quality opponent except for their win over Philadelphia um, other than maybe the Dallas game. So Orlando's got to find a way to, to win these games, especially on the road. I mean, if we're talking about a team making the playoffs, you've got to be able to beat good teams. And the Magic, their resume does not have very many good teams. Now, you know, you compare that to, say, Charlotte and Detroit. Charlotte and Detroit are getting beat pretty badly in some in some situations. Um, I, I think Orlando, I mean, Orlando really only has like maybe one, two blowout, you know, two losses that you could claim that are blowout losses. So I, I do think this Magic team is, is they're, they're, I think this Magic team is much closer to being the team that we thought they would be 
than maybe their statistics and maybe their their win-loss record suggests. But in any case, Orlando's kind of treading water right now trying to find themselves, and Fournier's a big part of that. I will say this, though. I did not think Evan Fournier's defense was particularly good. I thought Donovan Mitchell did a good job keeping him off balance. Uh, Fournier did a did not do a good job. I thought navigating screens to keep Mitchell out of the rain, out of the lane. I, I think Fournier's biggest weakness as a defender is on pick and rolls and trying to make sure that guards don't get clean through the screen. Um, I think Fournier does tend to get enveloped in screens, and that puts Nikola Vucevic in a bad spot. and And I'll talk about Vucevic here in a minute. I, th- I thought Vucevic's pick and roll defense was actually pretty good in this game. Um, for the most part, um, you know, I, you know, excepting that one play where Mitchell kind of jammed all over him, but um, uh, and there, there, there's one other play where I think he he took too too aggressive a lot of a line and, and got beat off the dribble. But I thought Vucevic did a good job protecting the lane in this game and really kind of sinking and making sure that Gobert didn't Gobert didn't go go running all over the place. Although he he got free a few times, um, but Fournier. Fournier's defense, I, I just didn't think was up to snuff in this game. So, you know, you, you take that with the missed shots, and, and yeah, Fournier, Fournier, you know, needed a little bit more in this game. But overall, 19 points is, is what you expect from Evan Fournier at, at this point. Um, you know, I think I think he, I think I think he's become really a consistent drumbeat for the Magic offensively uh, this year. Let's talk about Nikola Vucevic then. Second game back, granted, and, and I think the way Vucevic played on Sunday in New Orleans, it didn't look like it was his first game back. Um, and I thought he played very, very well. This game, it definitely looked like he was a bit rusty. Um, it definitely looked like he didn't quite have his timing down. Maybe that was playing in altitude, uh, coming back from the ankle injury so soon. And, and so maybe that'll be an issue tomorrow. Maybe it won't. Who knows? Um, but uh, I, I thought that Nikola Vucevic, his shot just wasn't there. Four for 15, two for eight from the floor. It, it had really nothing to do with Gobert. I mean, I think maybe he was a little bit afraid to go into the post against Gobert. He kind of hung on the perimeter to keep Gobert out of the lane. I do think that was a strategy the Magic had actively. I think they were looking to keep Vucevic away and use him a bit more as a decoy and as a popper so that Gobert wasn't in the lane, so that Fultz could drive, so that Augustine could drive, so that Fournier could cut, so that Gordon could cut. Um, But I I felt like, you know, Vucevic Vucevic was just off offensively, and and that's okay. I mean, I, I thought Orlando tried to force feed him in the post a few times when they got switches and didn't give him great spacing, and, and his timing was just off. So I'll chalk that up to the injury. I'm not going to be worried, super worried about his offense. I, I think that he's he's good for good for it at the end of the day. Where Vucevic really struggled in this game um, uh, was he just physically did not handle Gobert very well. Um, I thought that Vucevic's pick-and-roll defense was very good. Um, I thought that he, he held his drop coverage pretty well. I thought that he did a good job kind of keeping Gobert in reach. So that, so that the lob, he took away the lob attempt. Um, so there was a lot of floaters over Vucevic, but but I thought that that was okay. Um, when the ball got kind of kicked out of the lane, I thought he got back to to Gobert really well. I thought the Magic actually did a good job dropping down on Gobert. But whenever Vucevic was matched physically with Gobert, whether it was rebounds, whether it was whether it was anything else, Gobert overpowered. Um, and I don't know if that we can talk that up to the injury. And that's kind of you know Vucevic kind of struggles with Gobert a little bit on that end. Gobert had 19 rebounds. He had uh, three offensive rebounds in the first first half alone, um, and, and, and you know I think he was at ten points, twelve rebounds at halftime. So I thought Vucevic got better defensively as the game went on, and that's a that, that's a big reason why the Magic were able to come back in this game because the Magic's defense was much 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 better in the second half. Um, it was I thought it was good in the first half, but like that first six seven eight minutes of the third quarter it was not good and then, the, and then the fourth quarter until the final five minutes it was very very good it was like it was the, the kind of level of defense that the Magic need to play at Vucevic I thought did a good job there but obviously 
the shooting matters for him. He's got to be he's got to be willing to shoot. He's got to be willing to be physical, and he's got to be willing to get rebounds. Uh, you know, eleven rebounds, solid number. Four assists, solid number. So so he did good things out there. But he's got to make shots, and and I think Orlando just again as a team struggled to make shots. Forty five point two percent. 20% from beyond the arc, only 11-15 from the foul line. Orlando just kind of struggled to, to generate the, the kind of looks and shots that they, are they to make the, make the shots make the shots off the looks that they got and kind of struggled to keep the team moving. So um, a rough outing for Nikola Vucevic. DJ Augustine, like we said, 22 points, 8 for 10 shooting, 2 for 3 from, be, two for three from beyond the arc, four, 3 assists, uh, 1 turnover, 1 steal, 1 block for DJ Augustine. He scored 14 of his 22 points in the fourth quarter, was the main driver of the Magic's comeback, did a great job just kind of darting in and out of the lane. Looked like the guy that that, play, that started for the Magic last year, which is a really, really good sign for him. Uh, you know, just, uh, he, he was just he was just really in, in into the game and, and really did a good job kind of hitting those floaters and runners that he has, as well as drawing contact, as well as getting, as well as slithering to the basket and finishing around the taller player. So really nice outing from DJ Augustine overall. Other than that, though, not a ton of interesting scores. Markel Fultz, 14 points, 6 for 13 shooting, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. I thought he did a really good job keeping the magic in the game in the first half. He was really good operating off the dribble, was willing to attack the paint, um, you know, stopped short and, and tried to shoot a lot of mid-range jumpers over Gobert. Um, but overall, I would also say this about Fultz. I, I do think that he settled for the mid-range jumper. I think that he was kind of in such attack mode, he, he kind of... Got too into his own shot almost. Um, you know, obviously 13 field goal attempts that only trailed Vucevic and Fournier. And while, you know, he, he got the points to, to, to match it, but um, I, I felt like Fultz, Fultz was kind of taking the Magic a little bit out of their offense. But again, they, the Magic need guys who can get into the paint. Fultz does that. I, I, the, the team does operate a lot better when he's in. He plays at the right pace for this team. Um, you know, he's able to kind of mix things up and, and, and get going. And I thought his defense on Mike Conley, I know Conley was coming back from injury. I thought his defense was was generally pretty solid um, overall. So, so you know, Fultz, I, I felt like Fultz had too many kind of one-pass jumpers. I thought that was generally the biggest problem for the Magic in the first half is just the ball movement wasn't there. And and, and I think that, that you know, Fultz was kind of a, a culprit of it. Other player of note, Jonathan Isaac, seven points, three for seven shooting, one for two from beyond the arc, four rebounds, one assist, three blocks. Um, was active around the basket. He got his blocks. But Isaac, interestingly, got the call on Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, and I felt early on, especially, Isaac really struggled tracking Bogdanovic around screens. We don't see Isaac guard guys that come around screens like Bogdanovic too often. He's mostly kind of either either roaming to protect the to protect the rim and I do like it when the magic kind of use him as a safety when he's guarding you know maybe fours who aren't great three-point shooters um but he rarely covers guys who run around screens like Bogdanovich and, and I felt that he was late uh, on more than one occasion on Bogdanovich that that led to Bogdanovich threes and 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 so it was just an odd defensive matchup I didn't you know, I, I thought it was strange to take Isaac out of the game. I especially I, I figured they were going to take either either Gordon out of the game or take one of Augustine or Fultz out of the game when when Isaac left the game for for good. Um, but um, I, I felt like you know while Isaac did do good things around the basket, his main assignment was Bogdanovich uh, early on, and, and I thought he really struggled with it. Bogdan Boyan Bogdanovich, thirty points, six for eleven shooting from beyond the arc, five rebounds, five assists. Donovan Mitchell, thirty points, thirteen for twenty three shooting. Two for seven from beyond the arc, four assists for him. Those two guys just carried this Jazz team. Joe Ingles had 16 as well, made all four of his three pointers, a lot of those coming in the first half. 
Um, Rudy Gobert with 12 points, 19 rebounds. The Jazz shoot 46.7%. The Magic did a much better job defensively. They were up over 50 in the first half. They make 15 of 36 threes. So again, just like the other night, just like against Houston, the Jazz make 15 three-pointers. The Magic make seven. That's 24 points in three-pointers. Orlando had their opportunities to make more, and, and you know they shoot about the same number of attempts. Uh, Jazz at 36, Magic at 35. Magic make two more three-pointers, three more three-pointers. It, it's just a five, five three-pointer difference, 15 points. Magic probably win this game. I mean, uh, I mean, literally, the Magic, if Evan Fournier hits one of those three-pointers uh, in the fourth quarter, the game's probably over at that point because it's just a momentum thing. So, you know, Orlando, again, really, really close, but they've got to hit outside shots if they want to win these big games. All in all, though, Orlando falls 109 to 102. A good effort, good fight. No one, no one here is questioning the effort or fight of this team. And honestly, I'm not even questioning the execution of the team on a lot of occasions in a, in a lot of these games. I'm just questioning their ability to make shots. The Magic have to make shots if they want to win, and they just couldn't against the Jazz. So they fall 109 to 102. They're back in action Wednesday against the Denver Nuggets. Well, we are. Believe it or not, one week away from Christmas. Is, is that six shopping days until Christmas or seven shopping days until Christmas? Uh, I'm, I'm Jewish, so I celebrate Hanukkah, and that's like Monday, I want to say. Hanukkah is not that important in the Jewish calendar. But if you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. It's great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. Again, that's breakingtea.com slash locked on. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I came out with a late episode of Locked on Magic on Tuesday. I highly suggest you go back into the archives and listen to it. Kind of commemorating the opening of the trade season. December 15th is when contracts signed in the offseason are trade eligible for the first time. And so it's the unofficial opening of the trade market. Now, we're still too early in the season, I think, to have definitive buyers and sellers. And that, that includes the Orlando Magic, who I, I think will stay in the eighth, eighth seed, but in that eighth seed range. But it, it's, it's certainly a time where we begin to think about the long-term picture of the team. And I think when I have interactions with people... Everyone, there's 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 always a disconnect between you know what the short what's best short term for the Orlando Magic and and what's best long term for the Orlando Magic and really for any team. But I think the one thing that is abundantly clear through the first 25, 26 games of the this Magic season is that while this team certainly has the potential to do more and be better than they were last year, and I would argue they are better than last year's team. While they have the potential to, to do more, there are fundamental, flaws isn't the right word, but fundamental issues that Jeff Waltman and John Hammond have to solve. 
fundamental things that will keep this team from being more than just a playoff cameo, perhaps, or really competing for something real. I know there's still that championship or bust crowd who don't think another playoff appearance for the sake of a playoff appearance is positive. I, I, I think that another playoff appearance for this team would be fantastic, even if it is just another cameo. And as I argued on yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic, as I argued then, I think to, to make the kind of big move that the Magic are probably going to have to make, it's probably going to have to come in the offseason when there's a little bit more time to examine and teams are a little bit more open to more massive and bigger changes to their team. I, I, just, I don't think there is a deal that very clearly makes the Magic better and that you can make strategically that will simply make a bigger impact this season. If you're going to make an in-season trade, it's to impact this season as much as anything else. Uh, you know, the Markel Fultz trade, obviously, a big exception to that rule. And certainly Orlando could use more shooting, and I think they'll be active on the trade market. The big thing the Magic are missing, though, to me, was, was laid bare in those final five minutes against the Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell really did have this look in his eye. This determination, this individual kind of will to win that game. He was going to put the team on his back and make tough shots. And as long as Utah had the chance, as long as Orlando left that door slightly open, Donovan Mitchell was going to run and drag the Utah Jazz through that door. I kind of joke around sometimes that, you know, the Miami Heat, you know, I know a lot of Magic fans want to maybe compare to the Miami Heat, but compared to the Miami Heat, so I'll, I'll use that example. The Miami Heat have a lot of really nice players. The collection of their the, the, the collection of their pieces may not, you know, maybe on par with the Magic, maybe a little bit ahead. And this is, you know, maybe we're talking before the season. But when they got Jimmy Butler, I was like, you know, I don't know if, the Heat, top to bottom, have a better roster than the Magic. But Jimmy Butler is that dude. He's going to carry that team through some games, and he's going to win games by himself. Go back to Friday night against the Houston Rockets. Evan Fournier said it himself. James Harden pretty much beat us by himself. Now, when you actually look at that game, you know, the Magic really perhaps played their played their their strategy exactly how they wanted to play it. And Harden just beat them. What more can you do? And there are just some guys and some nights where that's the case. I noted in that game against the Rockets that Harden kind of warped the Magic's defense. That they had their strategy... It worked, and he just beat it with good shot making. So Orlando tried a different strategy, something that they don't usually do. They doubled him straight up. They never do that. And he beat that too, and that's why he had the game that he had. The Magic defended Donovan Mitchell one-on-one. They played not great defense. He got to the basket too much. 
But late in that game, they played good enough defense. They forced him into tough shots, and he made them. The Magic, on the other hand, they looked a bit nervous. They, they, they looked like they were pressing a bit, and they missed, they executed fine. I, I don't, again, not for lack of determination, but they missed the big shots that they needed to make to close that game out. And I would argue it's another, you know, thing, that, another thing that Mitchell, that a guy like Mitchell has that, that cost them that game. And so I want to turn to Rudy Gobert. The Magic perhaps settled for three-pointers. Good three-pointers, good looks, good execution. Because they knew who was in the paint. And in fact, I would argue throughout much of that first half as Orlando struggled to get their offense going, there was an awareness of where Rudy Gobert was. That caused him to stop short. To not get all the way to the basket. To not get the foul calls. To not attack fully. And that's what Rudy Gobert does. Gobert did not block a shot officially in this game. Jonathan Isaac had three. Gobert did not block a shot. I can guarantee you he caused the Magic to take more mid-range jumpers and and more three-pointers and to move the ball less because he was in there. There's a notion... And it is it is measurable measurable by some by some, but there there is a notion on offense of players who have gravity. It's typically referring to shooters, players who are so good three pointers, are so good in general that the defense just kind of gravitates toward them, shades them a little bit closer, and creates more space for others. I would argue, with the way that the Magic and the Jazz played in this one that Rudy Gobert had defensive gravity. That the Magic were, or maybe anti-gravity, I guess if you want to call it that, that the Magic were hunting and so aware of where he was that their shot selection wasn't as optimal as it could be. They're taking good shots. They were maybe taking rhythm shots, but maybe not from the locations they wanted to take it from or not exactly how they wanted to take it. Rudy Gobert is a three-time defensive player of the year. Donovan Mitchell is probably going to be in the All-Star game, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Boyan Bogdanovich, who the Magic just lost track of on several occasions and just played very poor defense against all night long. So, again, the Jazz earned this win. It's, it's not all about this, this, this notion that I'm getting at. But what is clear is that despite the Magic having some very nice players, despite the Magic having the willingness to fight and scratch and claw and, you know, this 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 confidence at least that they are not out of any game, when push comes to shove in winning time, their margin for error narrows even more than usual because they don't have the guy that they can climb on his back on either end, and force the defense to react. Maybe Markel Fultz will be that one day. Maybe Jonathan Isaac will be that one day. But despite his late-game exploits, despite the good shots that he got, Evan Fournier is not that guy. 
Nikola Vucevic is not that guy. And while I, I do think the Magic have enough to win in the regular season, we all have our eye on the playoffs. We all have some thought on the end of the season and the moment when the games really count. And we all see this weakness that when the defense gets tough, the Magic don't have a guy to make that play. The Magic don't have the guy that defenses are always accounting for. Again, maybe Isaac can become that. On defense, certainly. Like like Gobert is. A guy that they, you know, like a cornerback, like a, a, a lockdown corner, you throw away from him. You don't throw at him. He's so good defensively. There isn't, there is an obsession over getting elite talent on this Magic team. And it is a fair obsession because if you want to win in this league, you need elite talent. You need guys who are the very best at the very best at what they do or at some skill in the NBA. Someone that always needs to be accounted for. It's very clear the Magic don't have that. It's a weakness that they are constantly working around and a weakness that lowers their margin for error. It's the big thing that they're searching for now. Whether it happens at the trade deadline or whether it happens in the offseason. Again, I would bet that it happens in the offseason. Orlando has enough to make the playoffs. And the, the fact that Donovan Mitchell is an all-star or that Rudy Gobert is a defensive player of the year does not excuse the fact that Orlando lost a seven-point lead. It's a game they got to win. A game they had the chance to win. A game that they you know very easily could have won. And we are talking about a team that expects to make the playoffs, and so results are ultimately what matters. And this team right now is not getting the results against the quality teams. So log this in your memory banks. It's it's pretty obvious. I, I think most Magic fans understand this. But log it away. Because undoubtedly, the Magic know this too. And undoubtedly it means it's something that they they understand is the next step for this team. But until that step is taken, Orlando has to make the most of this team. And that's not going to happen until they start hitting shots. And maybe 7th or 8th seed is as much they can squeeze out of this group. Again, still something that they should be able to accomplish at the end of the day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Magic as we break down the Magic's game against the Denver Nuggets. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.